It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Savage. This program contains subject matter and language that may be disturbing to some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Real news, it's not fake news. I can't so long the line. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, I'm not looking. Anyway, guys. So, yeah, we're, we're ready. One second. The left are liars. Stop the fucking bullshit. Bye. Go home to mommy. Or a group. It only takes one person to fight for freedom. Savage been a long day guys it's been a long been a long long day i just want to say that uh but uh guys we have uh, a really really awesome guest here on savage unfiltered um about to bring him on uh an mma specialist uh it, that bezels with a lot of different other avenues towards that mixed martial arts kickboxing uh it all guys uh he has his own gym uh, white rhino uh, affiliated with the uh, Asylum Fighting Team. Uh, checked out some of his videos on YouTube. Uh, I mean, there was a really, really good fight. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his age, too, because, I mean, he's no spring chicken. Still throwing hands, guys, at the age of 60. I'm really impressed. A lot of guys, I mean, you, you can't say that for everybody. I mean, that's it's really impressive. Uh want to bring in uh, Joseph, buddy. Um What'd you think of uh, some of the clips, man? I was I was showing you, man, with uh, with Phil. Uh, really, yeah. really guy, yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, I'm impressed that he has his own gym. I I aspire to having my own gym one day. Now all I have is a Clyde. So, bump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so, know me. Can't pass on the lame pun. Yeah, yeah, but uh. You know, Joseph, I want to apologize, man. A one minute late. You know, we had an issue with uh, with producer Shaky. He's been, you know, he's been screwing up lately. What? <laughs> fucking time, I'm telling you. But uh, get get it together, Shaky. Uh, fucking drink some coffee or do something, man. But 60 years old, man. I mean, throwing hands at 60. I mean, that's highly impressive. Uh, see one fight uh, with uh, was it? it looked like a UFC fighter or something. Huh? Uh, one of his YouTube uh, uh, videos that he has on his channel there. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the uh, the backstory of his gym, you know, Asylum Fight Team and uh, White Rhino. Uh, I want to get the White Rhino. Like, where, where did White Rhino come from? Uh, uh, I think that came from the uh, Spearmint Rhino strip clubs in Vegas. Oh, there's one here in uh, in West Palm Beach, not too far from me, a good six, seven-hour drive from Orlando. But uh, – uh, I don't think he's affiliated with white uh, with Spearmint Rhino, but I like White <laughs> Rhino because there was a pun. Actually, Joseph, there was a pun that uh, an announcer was talking about with him as he's coming down the aisle there, you know, and he's like, uh, you know, Phil Dunlap, uh, two hundred sixty-five pounds, you know, and and this and that, and you know, he's 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 you know cutting the promo for Phil, and Phil's taking off like this leather jacket, man, 
a really cool leather jacket. And as he's taking it off, he's like, oh, shit, I thought that was his father or something. You know? And he's taking off the jacket, man, ready to you know, square up in the octagon, man. And Savage Unfiltered. Well, big boys as well. 6'1", 225 for Dunlap. 6'5", 233 for Mains. Liking the stylish jacket that he's coming out with. Military-style leather. And his pajama bottoms. Possibly the greatest outfit of the evening. <laughs> I thought that was the uh, competitor's dad walking him to the cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to choke me out for that one. Yeah, he's a big dude. Apparently, uh, old man strength will be a uh, factor in this bout. As an old man with old man strength, I can say that. <laughs> that's, that's the only advantage we get as we get older, grip strength. Well, having a name like the White Rhino, I imagine that he's got some old man strength. Representing Team Asylum. Come to us. I was like, that was pretty pretty cool, man. You know, like, you, you expect them, you know, to come out with a robe, you know, the whole maybe Rocky Balboa style, you know, with the fucking, oh, yo, hey, Andrew, you know? <laughs> you know, like, and, I mean, he's coming out with a, with a leather jacket, a bomber jacket. I thought it was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, other than that, man, you got any, uh, any quotes or reactions here before we bring him on? No, no, not really. I, uh, no. I will. I, I have a question for him. a local guy here that does yeah. MMA called by the name Bushy, B-U-S-H-I. So I think his uh, jujitsu name is Shorin Ru Yudansha. Uh, it's like, that's a mouthful. But yeah. I want to ask him if he, he might know him. He's got a book out called The Black Book of Martial Arts. I don't know if it's showing on screen or not, but nah, you get a lot of ghosted, man. I keep on yeah. telling you, get rid of that fucking green screen, man. But. Yeah. Well, I've got yeah. a copy, an autographed copy of the Black Book of Martial Arts by Bushy. So yeah, I'm curious if uh, if he knows them at all. Probably not. I think he's just kind of a local Michigan kind of guy. Yeah, well, let's not let's not hold him up too much longer, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is. Phil Dunlap here. Uh, welcome, Phil. How you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for being part of the show, man. Um, now, uh, first and foremost, I I, I, I want to get the, the whole backstory first before we get in, into your career of mixed martial arts and kicks boxing and jujitsu and I mean you, you do it all, Phil. Uh, I want it, 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 it evolved over time. Yeah. Now I just now I, I teach mixed martial arts. I train fighters. But I just compete in submission grappling and BJJ. I, I have 119 professional between kickboxing and mixed martial arts fights, and it's just too much trauma on a head. I, you know, I can't afford to take those shots anymore. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I mean, you're 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 somewhat uh, you're you're somewhat active, right? I mean, yeah, I try to uh, compete as much. As I I only competed once this year because I actually had a tumor root removed from my neck in uh june so it's it's one of those things where you know i compete as much as i can generally i try to get at least uh 10 events in per year yeah 
That's awesome, man. At 60 years old, like I was saying with Joseph here before we brought you on and you were in the green uh, green room there, I mean, you could still throw hands, man. 60 years old, much respect to you. Like there's not a lot of guys that can do it. I I think a lot of it's because I never stopped. It's one of those things like a lot of people, you know, they went to high school, they played football, they played basketball, whatever. They get out of high school and they don't do anything for 10, 15 years. And then if they're trying to get back in shape, their body's going to fight them every step of the way. Whereas I I just never stopped. Yeah. Yeah. You you gave the key there because I'm turning 61 tomorrow as of recording this. And. I wouldn't be able to fight my way out of a paper bag, as the saying goes, at this point. You know, although, you know, someone came up to me and decided to try to... You still got 30 seconds in. Attack me out of the blue. Yeah, you know, the adrenaline would kick in in my teens and 20s. Heydays of bar fights might, you know, kick in for a short burst. I always... Hold my own. But, yeah, I'd be in trouble because, like you said, I played hockey... Uh, through high school, but then, yeah, I got out of shape because I didn't go to the gym. I didn't keep up a routine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, old guys could still kick ass, guys. You know, like, <laughs> literally. Uh, much respect to you. I know? would, you, you're you <laughs> fighting 20-year-olds in the octagon. I would need a 20-year-old to help me get into the <laughs> octagon. <laughs> I joke around every once in a while, I should come down with a walker. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun, right? Like a wrestling pun. Routine, well, that's, that's right? one of the things about it when you get older. It becomes a lot more fun. Like, I always tell my guys when I'm training them, I wish when I was in my teens and 20s, I, I enjoyed the process as much as I do now. Uh, you know, it was like, I, I can remember I went up and I did a big show in uh, Portland, Submission Underground. And, you know, they, they fly you up, they put you up, they pay you money to compete. And it's kind of like, I, I'm standing in the, I'm standing in the cage. I'm, it was actually the one with the, it was actually the one with the bomber jacket that you were talking about. Oh, okay. And it, it's kind of funny because I, I, it's, I'm standing there in a cage after they introduced me, and I'm thinking to myself, man, this is the coolest thing in the world that I'm doing this at 54. Yeah. I still remember that moment. In other words, when it, when it actually hit me, like, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm fortunate enough to still, still be doing this. Well, well, well back to that, back to that, that, that fight, uh, Phil, you know, as the announcers, you know, like basically announcing you and stuff like that, cutting that little promo for you. Did that bother you at all? I know this might sound Oh, oh it's actually, it's actually, I knew nothing about that. Nothing. Okay, that okay. was actually my ring entrance. Okay. I was walking down to the ring and what happened is I had gone from, I was living in Vegas at the time. Oh, okay. And it was like, it was December up in Portland and, and me being an idiot, like, you know, I throw a bomber jacket on for the flight. So when I get off in Portland, I'm okay. But all I do is bring my gear to compete in. Okay. So I've got, I've got shorts and a rash guard. Okay. And then for around the hotel, I got a pair of snowman pajama bottoms <laughs> and uh, I've got the bomber jacket. So I warm up, I get all loose. Now I'm sweating in the basement. Now it's in the uh, Roseland Theater. I love that uh, Roseland Ballroom, whatever it is. I love that venue in Portland because yeah. all the seats overlook the cage. Okay. So it, it, like, you know, it, it's just such an energy. It was crazy. But like, it, it's, I walk down, but it's cold. So I put the bomber jacket on, and, and that was not planned. I, it, you know, I thought Phil, I thought that should get up, man. I thought the whole, you know, like uh, bomber jacket, motorcycle jacket thing going on. No, I that, thought that should get up, man. You just no, because it was that, cold. That, that just happened, in other words, and it was kind of funny because I, I, I flew home later that night, 
Yeah. And then when I got home, somebody sent me the ring entrance. It was all over the internet. <laughs> oh shit! So it kind of went viral, I guess. Yeah, you know, it was, kind of, yeah, yeah. it was kind of funny. It's still my favorite. Uh, it, my my favorite ring entrance that I've done because it was just it happened. You talk about your favorite ring entrance. Do you have a recollection of like a favorite fight, a, a belt you've got that is most near and dear to you? Uh, maybe because it was the hardest achieved or whatever. Because when things come easy, we don't cherish them like things that come diff, you know, through difficulty. I, I would, I would have to say when I, when I look back at my career, the one I, I probably take the most pride in is I, I won a left weight title, which is Burmese kickboxing, no rules, kickboxing, three knockouts wins the fight. Wait, Phil, say that again. I, I didn't hear it. it, it uh, a welterweight title. You said, uh, it was, uh, 147. Okay. So that's like the same class of, uh, you know, UFC's, um, Ronda Rousey basically then, right? Yeah, about that size. I was I was six feet tall. I was a skinny kid. I was oh. nineteen years old. And so so hold on. Let me chime in. You're not the only one in MMA that literally was in that class. I mean, I thought it was only Ronda Rousey and a selected few. You know. Oh no! Women. Overseas, like if you kick, and this was in kickboxing. This was leftway, which is no rules kickboxing. Okay. If you if you the best competition are like overseas in Burma, Thailand, Cambodia, Laos. Tokyo. They're all in I that would imagine 130, 135 yeah. to 150 weight. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't get a lot of, a lot of good heavyweights over there. Because they're shorter in Japan, I would imagine there's a lot in Tokyo that fit that. Uh, they, they, they tend to be, you know, some, you know, and, and like I don't want to get stereotyping and stuff like that, but the different, different people, okay. different. We tend to, you know, you know, Scandinavians are generally built a certain way, Asians, yeah. and yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm part Southeast Asian. You wouldn't look at no to looking looking at me, but I'm like 20, uh, 23 of me says 20, 24 percent. Uh, Cashin, which is northern Burmese. Good. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're, you're built pretty good, man. I, I mean, at sixty something years old. I mean, I'm actually I'm actually bigger now than I've ever been. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Well, being part yeah. Burmese, isn't there a Burmese python? You need to walk on stage with a Burmese python. There you Some, go. Somebody had suggested that to me once. Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's one of those things. I, I I'm a lifelong vegan. I grew up a vegan. Okay. okay. So yeah, I happened? see the vegan part. We're gonna talk about the vegan part in a little bit, but uh, I want to get more of this uh, of this story of your MMA career. Like, how how did you get into MMA? Did you well, first, always have a first, passion for it, or what? First, I grew up doing the Burmese martial arts, and okay. Burmese martial arts had uh, two sport components. One was the bond, which is a grappling style that allows open hand strikes. Okay. Okay, and the other is left wing, which is no rules kickboxing. Uh, any strike is legal, takedowns are legal, uh, headbutts are legal, and uh, three knockouts. Back back in the 70s and 80s, uh, three knockouts won the fight. Now it's two. Oh, wow. That's... Oh, so it, it's one of those things. It's a very aggressive form of kickboxing. I, I grew up doing that, and at 15, I took my, took my first pro fight. Damn. Huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Joseph, uh, you, you, you're usually with the questions, man. Like, Well, yeah, I do want to go back, yeah. like I said at the beginning. I have 
A, you could see the book, actually. It's still ghosting, yeah. but you could see it. Yeah, he might just be a Michigan kind of guy, but he wrote the Black Book of Martial Arts. Yeah. It goes by Bushy, bushyinc.com, I think it is. Yeah, so there's two eyes in there, Bushy Inc. Com. Do you know him at all? Have you heard of him? Or he's don't, probably don't recognize the name, but that doesn't mean anything in the martial arts. I... Uh... I, I travel more in a circle of uh, combat sports martial arts. He may be classic karate. He may be uh, Japanese jujitsu, which would probably mean I would have very little contact you know, with people in that circle. Right, right. Yeah, I think he's got different chapters on the different types. So I mm. don't know, yeah, which he primarily, well, it's not working. There's, there's primarily is or isn't exactly any any region of the world where we've had men get together as groups okay we've always had some sort of fighting and some sort of fighting sport okay and then some sort of martial art type program now i'm not going to talk the japanese style but like japanese and burmese their traditions everything is very different the Chinese are very different. The Indians have martial arts skills. Mongolia has Mongolian wrestling. There's so many. And if you go back, there's, a, there's an excellent book out there uh, by Thomas Green. He was a researcher who researched, like, tried to research the reality of martial arts. Going all the way back to Pancration in ancient Greece, all the European fencing styles, and they were all systemized, way, systemized ways of uh, passing on fighting skills. Yeah, the only oh, wow. thing I know about Mongolia is the Mongolian grills we have around there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, uh, like I said, uh, Phil, uh, still active, somewhat uh, active at 60 years old. I, I can't emphasize it enough because, like I said, yeah, I know I'm pitching it a lot, but, I mean, it's it's impressive. It, it, honestly, there's not there's not a lot of us out there still doing it. Yeah. I, I went through I went through a really bad health scare. I had a, a rare form. Of I pain. see that. Yeah, you want to discuss that a little bit here? Yeah, what? I had a rare form of, uh, of of pancreatic cancer, and then what happened is when I got my health back, I started to realize, uh, you know, and one thing one thing is you're sitting there and you're realizing your own mortality. You think to yourself, you know, what's important in life? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the lives I impact my memories and my family. Okay. So what happened is when I got my health back, you know, at 53 years old, I, I couldn't train for a couple of years. I got my health back and I started training again. And I'm like, why am I not competing? Okay. In other words, I love to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why was I not water skiing anymore? Like I put water skiing behind in my late twenties. Okay. And it's like, why am I not water skiing anymore? Okay, so I started to do all the things I used to love doing. And in my mind, you know, I I do everything I work and everything for my family. Uh, I teach, I I try to help people, I do as much as I can to to impact other lives in a positive way, make the world a better place because people interacted with me. And and last but not least is why not make more memories? Like, you know, I've competed over 250 times. I've got over 250 matches since I turned 53. So like I, like I tell people all the time, even if you just look at the match itself, there's 250 memories I made. Yeah. 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 Okay, not to mention going there, hanging out with people, meeting people, you know, and, and it, 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 you know, it, it's kind of like I, I, really, I really think I've been blessed 
to, to live a life that most most people couldn't even even imagine. I think you have been blessed, Phil, because like you you've had that health scare. You you conquered the health scare, and and now it looks like you're 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 healthy as an ox. I mean, you're you're still doing well. You're still grappling in the octagon or a, or a ring somewhere. I mean, you're you're training new athletes uh, to be that next maybe that next heavyweight champion in UFC or you know some some other type of uh, company. Uh, I mean that's great. I mean I want I want to get into the training though. Okay. Um, how did you get into the training? If you don't my, mind me asking. My grandfather did it. Okay. And 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 like I, somebody and it took me years of like you know I tend to be somebody who who realistically looks at myself like a lot of people like you know like they're three hundred and fifty pounds they look in the mirror and they think they look good. No. Okay. Some people just are incapable of being truthful with themselves. So I you know I I kind of look at myself with with an eye toward what makes me tick, what do I do wrong, what do I do right, that type of thing. And when I when I look back on it, I really, I really, I, I really was talking to somebody one day and it, it dawned on me. For me, it, well, I never trained. I trained with my grandfather. There was never okay. an organized class. It was like play. But there were things that went along with it. In other words, there was a wooden post in the backyard. I had to kick 20 minutes with each leg oh, every wow. day to condition my shins. Now, yeah, anybody but- who's ever worked out with me, will tell you uh my bones are made of rebar okay my students swear i'm not human okay (laughs) because if if you kick if we kick each other and my shin hits your shin you will get a huge welt on your shin and i won't even feel it yeah just you're just built that way i guess right years of doing the issue with the posts they don't move or they don't fight back (laughs) well what what happens with your shin bones is it deposits calcium it kills the nerves and deposits calcium on shin bones. Mm-hmm. So when you do an x-ray of my shins, they're not normal. Mm. I had broken, I had an avulsion fracture in my leg and the doctor called all his colleagues in to look at my shin bone. It's kind of like wow. if you do an MRI of Michael's head, it's not normal. <laughs> yeah, my head is kind of like, dude, I have like an, like an egg-shaped head, I think. I don't know, it's weird. But hey, that, that, that's okay, weird. my wife swears I've got the biggest head in creation. That's why I could take such a good punch. My head was just too big to hurt. Yeah, yeah. You've so, got like so a, you... uh, a Cro-Magnum, uh, the old Neanderthal yeah, style. Basically, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. 23andMe didn't say how much Neanderthal you are, though. <laughs> no, I didn't say anything about that. I was hoping it would tell me I was the missing link or something. Yeah. So, so, so you have this... Uh, Oh, you you finished yet, Joseph? I always give him jokes, but <laughs> anyway. So you got this uh, this gym uh, in Virginia, uh, Lexington. Um, uh, Phil, it sounds like you're from New York City. I, I can pick that I up. I grew up. I grew up in the Bronx. Okay. And I lived in uh, New York or, or the New York area, northern New Jersey, and had schools in northern New Jersey. Oh, wow. For about thirty years, and then I moved to Vegas for ten years. Yeah. Yeah, I see the Vegas, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and then I just moved out to uh, Virginia two years ago. Oh, yeah. You like it out there, or is it? I love it. We we, we got 85 acres out here, and oh, really wow. nice house, and we're building a family compound. I just had my first grandkid. My son's building a house on the property. My mother-in-law lives on the property. My other son's building a house on the property. So it's kind of like one of those things that, like, like I said, we're very family-oriented people. So having the kids by, having the grand, like, you know, yeah. it's what could be better in the world than seeing your grandkid every day. 
Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about uh, White Rhino, man. How did how did White Rhino come into play? It's present. Okay. Sounds like a if you, if you would if you if you would yeah, describe sorry. my skin color. Yeah, one second. Let's start with White Rhino, and then I want to get into like the Asylum Fight Team because. Uh, you know, not to confuse listeners and anything, because the name of your fight team is Asylum. It's the, the Asylum your... fight team, yeah. and it's White Rhino, uh, BJJ, and martial, mixed martial arts. Now, White Rhino basically comes from, if you looked at my skin and you said to yourself, what color is he is? He may be one of the whitest guys you've ever seen. Okay. I fought in Burma. I was a white guy. And okay. I won 28. I had 28 knockouts by headbutt. So White Rhino was my nickname. Yeah. They kind of started calling that, me it, and it That's stuck. where the name came from. I and was I always confused. I was embarrassed. Between you and I, I stayed away from it and ran from it uh, through my through my mid-20s, early 30s. I never really embraced it until um, a couple people found out about it, started to bust my chops. Mm-hmm. And and they convinced me it was a better way to brand it than the Asylum Fight Team. The marketing yeah. aspect is absolutely great. Exactly. When you see the dollar signs that you can associate with marketing. Well, that's stuff. honestly, <laughs> see, I'm the worst with that because when it comes to martial arts, I don't do it for money. I, I have a, a I, 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 I run a business that uh, finances government contracts. So it's not one of those things where like, you know, uh, the money you make in more, like I get, when I do a pro show, I give my money to charities like St. Jude's and stuff like that, because it's kind of like, you know, the, the money they're giving you is like, it's not, you're going to make a living. So it's kind of like, I, I'd rather see, I'd rather see maybe some kid get to Disney World or some parent not have to worry about getting dinner when you're visiting your kid at the hospital. So it, it's kind of like the money does better there than that's awesome that's awesome and you know guys getting a little uh backstory of uh you know phil's uh journey you know to mma and uh and bjj and uh i have to i have to throw that joke in there it's bjj guys not bj yep yep (laughs) and don't worry don't worry we there's more jokes about that in other words you call it bjj and then there's men rolling around on the ground Believe me, it gets comments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it does. You know, I've heard BJJ, guys. I I mean, uh, not to sound, you know, baffled about it, Phil, uh, but, you know, those who are not aware of the the term BJJ, it's 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 revolving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I love it, man. White Rhino. You got the whole asylum fight team, you know, and I mean, we sh- we showed a picture here. We'll show it again here, guy. I mean, you got a whole team here. I mean, there you are. That, right that was there. my school when I was in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see uh, UFC. Uh, got to support that UFC, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I just happened to have the T-shirt on that night. Yeah, yeah, I love well, it. Well, I mean, that's the big thing now. To full disclosure, I. I'm not a, an MMA guy. My grandfather Keeler was a big boxing guy. You know, mm-hmm. he was the kind of sit on the TV and sit there throwing imaginary left and right jabs. So I, I never really got into boxing or wrestling to progress the natural progression to an MMA, UFC kind of thing. But I mean, all the local sports bars. Make bank when sport, those fights the sport are on. Has blown up like you, 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 you wouldn't believe. In other words, I can remember the days when there were pro shows in uh, high school gymnasiums. 
Oh yeah. Okay, and then now now I hit amateurs in Vegas, having your first amateur fight at a first class casino. Yeah. You know, it, it's like it's a completely different sport. The opportunities are completely different, and uh, the UFC is basically an organization. Mixed martial arts is a sport, and the UFC is kind of like the eight hundred pound gorilla. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember Phil, uh, I used to live up in uh, New York. Um, uh, you know, I lived out here in central Florida, but I remember going over to the, uh, the Hammerstein ballroom, man. Yes. And watching, and watching small, uh, small fights. I mean, a Hammerstein, Hammerstein ballroom is not a very large place, but how you know, long was, ago was that? Up. Uh, this would be back in the early 2000s, 2002, 2004. Just out of curiosity. UFC, because, uh, it was through a very small MMA uh, company, uh, a very yeah. small MMA company. Yeah. I, we, I had, I had uh, two people fight in that event. You did? Okay. <laughs> it, it was at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I think it's the only one they held there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, was there a woman fight? Do you remember? Uh, there was actually a couple fights. There was a woman fight, and then they had uh, two small. F- uh, well, they had two two fights after that. They had a small fight, uh, which I mean, the guy was probably no no smaller than me. I mean, he was tiny. You know, yeah. the fight lasted for like five minutes. The other one that was like maybe like maybe five pounds heavier than him knocked him out literally. In, uh, yeah, like, it, 10, it, it, the minutes. event the event got messed up because a couple guys just disappeared and yeah. never showed up to weigh-ins. So the, they had less fights than they were supposed to. Yeah. And then uh, there, there was a, a 48-year-old woman fighting on that card that trained with me. Yeah. And, say, maybe, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of funny because backstage, all they had was small gloves. They had to run out to a store. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh embarrassing. Yeah, it was just, it was just one of those shows that was like destined yeah. to be a disaster from jump. Oh, <laughs> guys uh, check out this goods. clip we got a clip here we're gonna plug into the show uh shaky yeah uh, uh some of uh phil's uh fights i mean uh, impressive guys impressive i still have to say it's impressive hopefully a snap down interesting throws him to the ground we're not in another body lock sequence Reaches the body left to pass the half guard. Head position inside. Turn left with an overhook playing half guard. Switching hips onto his right side, attempting to free that left leg. Then that figure four in his to prevent the knee line slipping. He's opting for a shoulder crunch. Phil, uh, first and foremost, before I get into the I apologize for some of the audio. It seemed like it was an older video, Phil. 
Actually, uh, it was last. I think it was last. Uh, it was last November. Yeah, it was last mm. November. But the audio like, on that man was very calling, Yeah, the yeah. guy calling the fight. It's like he's he's right at the mic and he's screaming. Well, a, lot, a lot of these events are uh, <laughs> they're live streamed. And you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I, some some of these companies have it wired, and the shows are great. Others okay. are kind of like shaky, you know. Yeah, I had to take my earbuds out during that clip. It was like like, like when I talk, when I talk, it's 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 pretty clear because I mean, I've got a mixer that's like you know twenty feet away. I mean, do these guys do these guys not? use mixers or anything at these events or what well between you and i a lot of it is the real money okay is in the uh is in you know the people that show up and watch yeah okay and then and then between you and i a live stream on it one of these you know it's a friendly friends and family business oh okay, okay? okay. Like, like a mom and pop shop I, like, thing, thing. I got uh, i'm grappling i may have a bigger following than you know Joe in Ohio. People in Vegas are going to check it out. People that follow me, you know, follow my career are going to check it out. But, you know, a lot of people, if like, you know, they have 15 people in the audience and 10 people watch at home, well, that's successful. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and that, um, that guy you were fighting, Phil, I mean, he was a big dude. Man. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's actually a good fighter. He fights in the UFC. And it was one of those things where, uh, I, the promoter contacted me. He said uh, he had somebody fall out at, uh, for a match at 205 with him. I think he called me on, a, or we, took, we went back and forth on the internet, like on a Tuesday, and I took the match for that Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm always pretty much in shape. And, and like, like, I joke around, like, you know, I, I, like, you know, I tell people I was a fighter. I was a professional athlete. Now I'm a shits and giggles guy. Okay. Uh, no, I would have uh, yeah, shits I, and giggles, man. Hey, don't don't, no, 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 don't, but, but, don't push yourself you down. That it's much. not. It's not. It's not so I can be. You know, I wanted to be something in my twenties. Okay. Okay. I wanted to. I want to take over the world. I want. Blah, blah. Okay. All those. All those things that come with youth. Now I'm just yeah. having fun. Right. Just the fact that I got to share the mat with that kid, and I'm going to be eighty, and he's going to be hanging up the gloves. <laughs> You know, so it, it, it's kind of like, you know, how many how many people get to say that? That, like, I actually got a match with a guy who's currently fighting in the UFC. Oh, and by the way, I was 59. 59 years old a year ago fighting a dude that's uh, literally active in UFC. And you had him in a fucking arm bar. I mean. <laughs> no, he ended up winning. I would expect oh, he would with all that extra energy and power of youth well, that you have. That's right? something that comes up quite often. People ask me that subject, okay? And some of the bigger tournaments, like I, I just did the uh, American Nationals for the IBJJF, which is a big uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu thing. And when I do a big tournament like that, I can do, let's say, they have master's divisions every five years. And I'm now, I, I, next year I age out at the Master 7. But right now I'm, I'm considered Master 6, which is 55 to 60. Once, once okay. you turn 61, you move into Master 7. Okay, but I can bump down a couple Masters divisions just to make sure I get a match. So at those tournaments, I actually get to go with somebody 45, 50. Whereas most, most events, it's what you get. 
Okay, like I'll, I'll show up, let's say it's a local event and I have a couple of guys competing. I'll show up, I'll register for the master over 30 division at 205 and end up having to do the adult 250 and over division. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. so, so it, it's, it's like hit or miss. That's why I like pro shows. In other words, I can tell a pro promoter, uh, yeah, I want to match at, at, at 205, 215, whatever. That's awesome. That's I, awesome. I, you know, again, I can't pass Joe, the joke man, Leonard can't pass the jokes. Right. So, uh, those who think they can probably can barely masturbate, let alone qualify for a master. <laughs> ranking right <laughs> now nah, yeah honestly it, it, it's one of the, it's one of those things like and, and i tell other older guys this that like you know don't don't be surprised when not, not a lot of older guys show up but also give you self-credit for being one of the few that's willing to do it yeah yeah you know it, it, it's kind of like i i always i always joke around there's that that saying uh i can only be young once but i can be immature forever <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it, immature, yeah. or, uh, you know, I'm going to live my life like, yeah, hey, it could be over, so I might as well enjoy myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, uh, you're listening to uh, uh, Phil Dunlop. Uh, he's a MMA specialist, uh, has his own gym there in Virginia, Lexington. Guys, I highly suggest you check out his gym. Uh, really, really good stuff. Guys, uh, we're going to learn more about the, the vegan diet because uh, Phil is a, is a vegan. And I want to get more of this, but guys, I want to, I want you to check out this video here and I want to get Phil's reaction to this video because we, we do have a video, uh, a somewhat recent video here of, uh, Phil Dunlop and, uh, Phil, please, uh, if you'd like to comment on this, man, get, get some commentary in, uh, you know, please, it, you're, you're welcome to do so guys, check this video out here. All right, guys, Garcia Vigaliano here at Asylum with Phil competing this weekend at Matt King's. Make sure you check Tony's, out uh, uh, Tony's actually a black belt. I'm good. I was good friends with in Vegas, and we were, we were doing this promo for, for an event that I was doing, Matt King's. Okay. And basically what we're showing is I, I'm kind of uh, – I'm known as a leg lock guy. And what I mean by that is I try to attack your legs. And if you notice, he's standing over me. What I'm going to do is set up a leg read into a takedown, put him on the ground, and do a heel hook up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I see that, guys. And uh, you know, like, check this out. I mean, this this is this is amazing stuff. And as I pull, I'm lifting just a little bit. Then I'm going to pull this foot here and push. I come across and reach. Now, the first step in this reach is basically to trap. His heel down like this. That way he's not going to be able to roll as he goes down. Then, as I'm in here, I'm going to knock him down this way. That's the first step. Second step, I go for the staple. Okay? Now there's two options from this staple. The first, I'm going to go for a leg knock real quick, if I can. I'm going to kick this out, bring this across like this. I've got a gas slice Get him like that, he feels like his yeah. knee is going to explode. Yeah, you know, Phil, I, I see this in, you know, not to change the topic or nothing like that, maybe relevant to what we're seeing here. I see this in, um, in, in, in pro wrestling sometimes on TV, you know, like well, they, they uh, do a lot of this in pro wrestling. A lot of people don't understand, you know, the history of pro wrestling. Now, yeah. now I remember, I'm the ultimate mixed martial arts, martial arts, combat sport nerd. 
yeah. in the old days, it wasn't just WWF. In fact, the Japanese, that's how Japanese, that's how mixed martial arts got started in Japan, is the evolution from professional wrestling to making it real. And what we have here in the United States is originally, you know, guys used to actually wrestle and submit each other. Okay, huh. there, there were shows and works and, and, and shoots, shoots when we actually went live, you know, when it was live and real. Okay, but what happened is it became all fake over the course of time. But originally, a lot of these holds you see people do are actually holds from, let's say, judo, uh, catches, catch, can wrestling, sambo. And the idea is they're actually modified legitimate holds. And what I mean by modified legitimate holds is you got to modify them a little bit because if you do the legitimate hold and you screw up, you're going to hurt the guy. Yeah. But if you leave extra space when you do it, you can really sell it and make it look good without hurting the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see it all the time, you know, like like I, I had to mention professional wrestling because the move you're doing, man, almost looks like a uh, – like a figure four from you know the uh rick flair i mean yeah I, it's I, not I he would do it yeah a lot of leg lockers end up in positions where it almost looks like you know a professional wrestling hold and yeah. what's funny is for a while uh leg locks have finally started to cross over into all submission grappling styles but back back in the day it would almost be like somebody would see you do a leg lock if they came from a grappling background they would then want you to do it on them because they couldn't understand why it hurt so much. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead, Phil. I'm sorry. No, no, no you, I think time. you were about to say something, but go ahead. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually continuing on that whole idea of how, how it's almost funny how wrestling in Japan had gotten more realistic. While at the same time, wrestling in in the Americas had gotten more fantasy. Uh, it got guys, more, yeah, it got more sports entertainment. Uh, that's what I think. You know, they they got more, you know, of the entertainment base. You know, because pro wrestling back in the you know the eighties, seventies, and sixties and fifties was was pro wrestling. You know, but it was more syndicated on 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 television. They threw a little bit of entertainment in there to sell the crowd, to cut the promos. Now, the now it's way out of control. Yeah, way out of control. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, they had that match between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, uh, I guess, last night or the night before or something like that. Shayna is the one who stabbed Ronda in the back. Shayna is why we are here. Oh, oh my God, that kick. man done it. Ronda may be dead. Ronda driven out of the ring by a wicked kick by Baszler. Baszler went with a high kick, and Rousey still on spaghetti legs. And like yeah. you know, if you if you were familiar with what's going on, you knew in your mind you thought Ronda Rousey was going to lose because she was yeah. planning on walking away, and possibly going back to mixed martial arts. That and was a uh, yeah. That was they were trying to shoot for that you know uh, UFC MMA rules type of match, but. I mean, clearly, it was very scripted. We all knew because oh, yeah. if you follow, Plus they're friends. Yeah, they're friends. But they if you follow Ronda Rousey's, but if you follow Ronda Rousey's career, Phil, uh, and if you knew the rumors behind, you know, behind the scenes of WWE, uh, Ronda Rousey's contract was up with WWE, and she was she was fixing to leave. 
Now, is she going back to UFC? I don't know. I would she like talks, to see her. She talks UFC. about it a lot, but you know, this is personal opinion. I have no more insight into this other than somebody who really watches the sports and watches how people act. Yeah. I don't think she's coming back because the result of having a loss, I think, broke her. You think so? Yeah, I think coming back for her would almost be the equivalent of somebody starting a whole new career. Yeah. Okay, because and I'll be honest with you, there's an old saying in fighting that, you know, some days you're the hammer, some days you're the nail. Like, if you fight good guys, like, you know, my, my whole point is I don't want I don't want to walk out with some guy who, who sucks, throw him down on the mat, twist him up, and well, Phil, and Yeah, if I may chime in, look at, look, at, uh, look at Brock Lesnar. He's been back and forth with UFC. I mean... You know, Brock yeah, Lesnar, he started he his career out with WWE, but then he, Dana yes. White offered him all that money, and he was like, well, Dana White's going to offer me so much money. Uh, what are you going to offer me, Vince? And that's when he took the jump to UFC. Yeah, yeah but he was a unique case in that he was, he wasn't just a professional wrestler. He was an NCAA champion. So he was, had a good pedigree as a real wrestler. And, yeah. you know, but the downside for him is if you watch his fights, he didn't like to get hit. Nah, he's just okay. a big dope. <laughs> he's a yeah, big who dope. Does? I mean, who you does? Can, you can have you can have you can have all the talent in the world. Like I always say, there's different types of people. Some guys are athletes, and let's say they gravitate toward fighting. If getting hit bothers you, it's going to be a tough career. Career. If you accept yeah. it, it'll be an okay career. But there are other guys that yeah, you head up, they bite down on their mouthpiece, and they smirk. Nice. Okay, yeah. that guy's that guy. That guy isn't. He's not an athlete fighting. He's a no, fighter. He's a he's a muscle bag, Phil. That's all he is. Is a no, muscle no, no. bag. Yeah, no. He, but he's he's a very skilled wrestler. Yeah. That's that's what everybody neglects to see. They see three hundred pounds of steroid induced muscle, <laughs> and they they automatically think that's the whole thing. In other words, you can take you can sit there and take all the steroids in the world. It's not going to make you a good fighter. Yeah. Right. You still got to have the brain for it. Well, we've seen that with uh, with Hulk Hogan, right? Hulk Hogan was pumping them in the '80s and early '90s, and you've seen how he moved. I think you're right, Phil. Like when you when you do that steroid stuff, man, it slows you down a little bit. You're you know, you know, you, when you spar always, a little bit. I know. always tell people, you know, as 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 a coach, uh, being a health nut, yeah. I'm not going to stick something in my ass that somebody made in their bathroom. <laughs> it's not me. But uh, as as a coach. Make logical choices, okay? Now, like I always say, if you're a guy on the cusp of being a world champion and you feel you need that extra edge, now that's a, maybe a consideration. No. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get dollars. what you're saying. Yeah, I go. Yeah. yeah. Brian Bosworth made professional money because he took enough steroids to get through the drift. Okay, great college football player, wasn't able to bump up because his abilities were stimulated very heavily by the amount of stuff he was taking okay yeah. but you you have you have other athletes who you know it's kind of if you're a low-level athlete and you're taking steroids to be a low-level athlete it's not worth it okay yeah. and the other thing i tell people is like you know i had a guy i had a guy in vegas okay and it was kind of funny he's getting ready for a fight now he's like 260 pounds big muscle-bound guy solid high school wrestler so he was a good athlete okay He's yeah. doing maybe four or five minute rounds. We're trying to get him to do more and more rounds, get ready for the fight. Then suddenly, about three weeks later, he's actually getting bigger and leaner at the same time. 
which is like almost impossible to do. You get bigger and then you lean out. You get bigger yeah. and then you lean out. You don't get bigger and leaner at the same time. But yeah. it's kind of like, so So one day he, he's in the gym and he gets about halfway through the first round. I can tell he's wheezing. <laughs> okay. Halfway through the second round, he has to take a break. And I look at him and I'm like, what the fuck are you taking? Yeah. Well, I can say that on this because you're unfiltered, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go oh, ahead. Okay. You can say anything. But I'm like, what, what don't worry. Fuck? We don't have FCC. This is not syndicated. Okay. Okay. I'm like, what the fuck are you taking? And he goes, uh, nothing, coach. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. How much? How much are you taking? I'm not taking anything, coach. I swear. How much trend are you taking? Okay, because there's only one thing in the world that's going to make you bigger and leaner and kill your cardio to that degree, and it's trend. But Phil, don't they screen these guys out before before the fight, like the weighing process no. and stuff? Isn't there a screening process Amateurs during the no weighing? Approach, yes. See, now there's a thing. I, I know, I'm sure you know who Tyrus is. He's on the gut Phil show. Right? Yeah. Big yeah. guy. And they were talking the other day, too. You know. Yeah, he's maybe, a former wrestler. Yeah, maybe yeah. we, well, he still fights. He still gets belts. But, you know, yeah, maybe man. we need. Indies, no, <laughs> maybe we need unfiltered steroid leagues. You know, whatever. So long as people yeah. know going in, that's what they're getting. Take whatever you want, whatever quantities you want, whenever you want. Yeah, but jo- Joseph, don't you that think that? Then. Don't you think that's it? That that's a that's a that's a that's a cheater. You know, like well, they're, why, they're taking that's why, pills. That's really, why they say create a league for that. You honestly, know, create yeah. an Olympics. Creating, for creating that. a league is not going to work because everybody's going to try to be in no steroids league. Anymore. Well, then they would have to create a league, Phil, called like UFC Underground or something. I think they did years and years ago, but it doesn't really exist anymore. They would have to create a league like that or redevelop it, like UFC Underground or. Well, you know, remember, they bought a- Avalon or whatever that company because, is. Yeah. Not because they wanted to stop steroid abuse. They wanted the credibility of yeah. getting steroid abuse out of the sport. Okay. Now, it's all over the place. Some, yeah. there's, been, there's been incidents of fighters hiding from USADA and not wanting to do the test. Okay. Yeah. There, there was one guy in Vegas who hit under the cage in his gym. Oh, my God. And there's only one reason <laughs> to do that. That's because. Yes, but my, my point is. <laughs> They all have their downsides. If you want a short career with a bunch of joint damage, yeah. go ahead, use it. Okay, you know I, you know, I, I know I've competed against a ton of guys that use it. I don't care. Yeah, Phil, I got a question to ask you. Are are you are are you a? Can you say you're a supporter, or do you do you uh, do you agree with steroid use in uh, in sports? We're, 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 we're talking. What I mean by sports, we're talking about all sports: pro wrestling, baseball, football. Uh, MMA, uh, karate, all of it. I don't support it, but I'm not hardcore against it either. Okay. Do you understand what I'm... I'm I'm ambivalent. Yeah, I understand. It has a downside too. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? You're going to pay the price for what you do. In other words, if you're taking, you're going to have a hard time cutting weight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? If you take something to help you cut weight, you're going to have a hard time rehydrating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Everything. We we got off... We got off that? track. We got off track. You were going to go. Mike wanted you to go into your vegan side. No, no, so Joe. We're, we're not going off the rails. I, we, we, he's making good points. But what yeah. you just said went right into a good segue with your vegan. You know, with the steroid use. About being, being natural and healthy. healthy. I, yeah. actually, I actually attribute my longevity to yeah. my diet. 
Okay, now I, I have to tell you, I, I've become popular with different people as the anti-vegan vegan. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, because I gotta be honest with you, nothing bothers me more some, than some skinny fat person. Wait, skinny fat person? Skinny fat person. Somebody <laughs> with absolutely no muscle tissue well, in Phil, their body. Phil, we got, no, 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 no. Let me just hold, hold that thought. We, we have that about looks five, like they're about to die. Yeah, we have five minutes. Tells me I should eat show. the way they so, do. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Is like I can't stand these people. Like, they don't know what they're doing, and they're telling you you're supposed to do it too. <laughs> like just, vegans that tell you, oh, oh, you should eat vegan. It's virtue virtue signaling veganism, right? Totally different. I I eat vegan. I eat vegan because I I grew up a vegan. So basically, I've come up with this theory, and I don't know whether it's true or not. It's just my personal theory. Your, Your palate is formed when you're a kid. Okay, if you don't have access to a lot of stuff, you don't really develop a taste for it. I was the only kid in the world that didn't like ice cream. I didn't like, I don't like creamy foods. Okay. Okay. I don't like, I don't like sugary foods. Well, Phil, by looking at you, you don't look like a vegan. I mean, I'm not trying to be like judgmental oh, oh, or anything. Oh. Usually vegans I see are like, you know, they look like me a little bit, like lean and thin and stuff like <laughs> okay, that. Like, this is, this is going to sound funny now, but I, yeah, yeah, we got I'm about really, like three minutes left, but go ahead, buddy. I'm really, I'm, I'm reasonably big. I'm about 220 pounds. Okay. Okay. But like when I compete against somebody that's 265, I kind of look about the same size they do. So I, I, I seem to carry a lot of meat on my frame. And most people, after having worked out with me, say I'm insanely strong. Oh, and they have okay. a hard time. Because I was going to say, Phil, I thought like vegan. I thought the vegan diet eliminates all like the bad carbs for you and everything. Is that true? Well, basically, my, my biggest mistake is I handcuffed myself for years. I ate mostly a fruit-based diet. Okay. Okay, but then when I came out of uh, treatment with pancreas damage, I don't release enough insulin to eat a lot of food. So I changed my diet to a nut-based diet. So for the sake of argument, I'll have a protein supplement with hemp, rice, and pea protein because it's got the best amino acid profile. And then like for dinner, I'll have three pounds of raw cashews. Uh, see all that stuff. If I were to eat all that stuff, I'd be on the shitter like within five minutes. I don't think I agree with myself. That's the thing is, I don't, I'm like regular as clockwork. My body is mutated. It's like yeah. it works for me. And like people will ask me, should I do it too? Fuck no. If you like a hamburger, eat a hamburger. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. Like I, guys ask me all the time, have you tried that? Like you know, that no, I'm a garbage eater. I I eat whatever you know is convenient. Fucking yeah. Big Mac from McDonald's, but I still maintain. I'm I'm for, I'm going to be 41 this October. Great. And I can eat all that heavy carb shit, and it burns right out of my system. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Been if like this for years. Like that's what I get, that's what I get kicked out of some some people. If you feel good the way you are, yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, keep I can't. Doing it. I, I can't it, yeah. pass on steak. I love steak way too much. And, and, and there's you nothing know? wrong with that. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one of those guys. Between you and I, if if my family wanted deer meat, I, I'm on 85 acres in Virginia, and I don't want to call it hunting. I could walk out and wrestle one to the floor and bring it in for dinner. Okay. In other words, out here, it's harvesting. You don't have to hunt oh, them. Oh, God. Yeah, wow. like, like, there'll be nights I come home, and on the driveway, I've got 12 deer. There you yeah. go. And, okay, I'm, so, I'm, and I'm laughing over here because we keep talking about fruits and nuts, and on Savage Unfiltered, we're normally talking about leftist fruits and nuts. Okay. Not, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna close it out like this because we gotta get going because we're running out of time. Yeah. We talk about it all. We talk about politics. We talk about comedy. I've had everything on this show. That's why it's called Savage Unfiltered because we we were talking about one topic, and you know Joseph and Shaky kind of threw some hints at me over the months in the last year. Uh, now going into a year and a half, we've been doing this show for four years. But I mean, uh, the amount of content we bring in. It needs to be savaged, unfiltered, because you don't well, know who the hell's going to be on the next episode. I'll be honest with you. When, when you guys reached out, I'm like, savage, unfiltered? The, the one thing I always hear now, between me, like, stuff that comes out of my mouth sometimes surprises me. <laughs> okay, yeah. like, I swear to God, half my students come in, because, like, all of a sudden, they'll be doing an arm bar. And I'll say, use your hips. Use, God damn it, fuck his elbow. Savage MMA. Okay, so it's kind of like unfiltered. I've heard that it used to me more times than I can count. Well, well, I put the fucks and ass and bitches in where it's appropriate. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Phil, it's been great having you on the show, man. It's such an honor. Uh, just I can't say keep on punching because then I'm ripping off Sylvester Stallone. But uh, <laughs> keep, I'll keep on having fun. I'll make you that deal. There you go. There you go. Phil, for some of my listeners and uh, followers on social, uh, where can they find some of your work besides, you know, uh, your gym there in Virginia? They can they can look up my name, Phil Dunlap, and uh, it's uh, – I have my Facebook pages in my name. You know, all my accounts are in my name, and his videos float like a ton of videos and magazine articles and stuff like that floating around. Awesome stuff. Well, Phil, again, buddy, thanks, thanks very much. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, thank you. And uh, keep on doing what you're doing, guys. If you want to learn more, uh, you can check it out. We're going to put all the links in uh, the show notes uh, right after this live stream, guys. Give it about three, four, five hours tops, and it will be transformed into our video package on Rumble, YouTube, and uh, anywhere you see a video podcast, including our audio podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, the list goes on, does it, Shaky? And we're constantly growing into other platforms as podcasting is uh, continuing to develop, guys. Uh, such a huge honor. Thanks very much, Phil. Uh, again, uh, yeah, guys, like I say on the show, keep it savage. Until next time, see you later. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one, guys.